Fuck. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Episode 249. And uh Sabres win one last night. Are we are we doing are we doing all Sabres here? Like seven six win and then the out of town scoreboard and are they done? Are they done? They're done. We're fucking absolutely done. For the very first time this year, I will say that they're fucking You've never, completely you done. Said, you have not said this. Yeah. They're they're one hundred percent done. It's not one hundred percent on the mathematically board. done. Yeah. But they're but done. They're, okay. When you're allowing fucking six goals, you're done. This time of year, it's it should be locked down. So look at all the games last night. I know. Go look at the games last night. The biggest games of the year. You have you have Florida Panthers come to play, and they win eight to two. They allow two goals against. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins p- play a very tough matchup against Minnesota. What was the what was the score of the game? Four one. They allow one goal. You have the Islanders that are in one against Tampa Bay. What's the score? Six one. Six one. One goal allowed. You got uh, got the fucking Buffalo Sabres. Listen, I mean, how about the Hurricanes? How about the 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 Nashville Predators too? I mean, not to uh, not to not that it affects the Sabres, but I'm just saying same situation. Three nothing win against Carolina. But back to the East. Three nothing win against Carolina. Carolina. And they're in an absolute dogfight for the. So, what's winning at this time of year? What's the most important thing? Got to be able to play team defense. And the Sabres, just holy shit balls, man. It's just ridiculous watching this team. 4 2. They're, they're winning 4 2 at one point in time. They allow, they allow Detroit to come back, tie the game 4 4. Then they take their head out of their asses again and they go up 6 4. With 11 minutes left in the game. They allow another goal. With one minute left in the game, they allow another goal. I'm like, figure it out, man. This is, I mean, I'm telling you this. This is this is the major reason why this team is sitting just a couple points from being a playoff team is their team defense. Where does the Terrible, problem man. lie? It's been all season. And well, it, their, their, their penalty kill is horrendous, man. I mean, the first three goals, two of them are, are, are on, on the power play against. And it's, it, they have to figure it out. They're 30th in the league. Like, you can't think that you're going to make the playoffs if you're, if you're 30th in the league killing penalties. Because right now they're one of the top power plays in the league. What are they? Six. They haven't scored. You know, they haven't been as sharp uh, lately, but they're still, they're still a top power play in the league and they're not making the playoffs. It's not about goals. You have to be able to defend in this league. You have to. And the Sabres suck at defending. They have a ton of talent. Tons of talent, man. Oh, my God. Tage Thompson's 45 goals. You know, you have Jeff Skinner has 33. You have Tuck, who has 35. You know, you got Dylan Cousins last night, has a big night, scores uh, two goals. He has 31. I mean, you got 26 goals sitting on the shelf right now because you can't put him out because he's, you know, soft as shit and it is what it is, but he's got 26. 
I mean, you can just go around the whole team. The team is, we have how many guys in the team when we sit there and we talk about, oh my God, this guy's got a career year, Tage Thompson. Well, this guy's got a career year, Alex Tuck. This guy's got a career year, Jeff Skinner, Darlene, Cousins, Middlestat. Our first six guys all have career years. So why are we not making the playoffs? You going to blame it on the goaltending? That's what we want to do. Blame it on the goaltending. That would be the easy thing for everyone to do. Write their articles and, you know, we can, I can sit here and read, uh, listen to Twitter and need a number and, and one goalie, geniuses. need a number one goalie, need a number one goalie. Yeah, you need a number one goaltender. They're not no, the no, reason no. why I, we're missing the playoffs. I'll tell that, you that right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm telling you what everyone else is saying. Yeah. And, and it might, and it might be true, but at the same time, you're still going to be hanging them out to dry. This is not on goaltending. This no, is a season-long issue. Season-long. So tell me something. Now, I, I, have to, I have to be first to say that I have not been down to practice, so I don't know what they're practicing. But you know what I do know? The first half of the season, we didn't see any changes or improvement. The second half of the season, I feel like it's actually gotten worse. And it's interesting because last year, down the stretch, we were all praising this team. Down the stretch, games didn't fucking mean anything. Now we're down that same stretch. Games mean something. And, and we're talking like they lost last night. They won the game. They did lose. They did lose. They picked up two points, but they lost. Because they're making the same mistakes. They're making hey, super young team, right? Youngest team in the league. Two. Two power play goals against last night. Again. Up. Two goals. They were up two goals twice in the game. Let the other team back into the game. This can't happen. This can't happen. Can't happen. If you're gonna if you're gonna be successful in this league and win games, you need to understand how to defend. These super ultimate skilled hockey players need to care about defense as much as they do about getting their cookies. Okay. That's, that's the way it is. That's what I look at it. When you have super skilled teams that score a ton of goals, you have to look at what they do defensively. You've got a whole bunch of guys that really, really are worrying about offense. They're worrying about contracts. They're worrying about their money. They're worrying about the guys that are being paid or worrying about living up to the contract. And, and living up to a contract means producing points. But the reality of this is if you want to win, if you want to win, you have to have some really thick skin because your point totals might go down a little bit. You might not score as many goals. You might not get as many points, but I'm going to tell you this collectively as, a, as an entire group. If you have guys that care about the team first attitude, you will win more games. This team has more than enough on the ice right now to make the playoffs. They're right there. But right now, they need, need to fix some I, things. I'm going to say this. They need some fix some things you on need, this team. You need, I, I hate to say this, you need six new players next year on your team. Six. Before, it's been 10. We've had, I mean, we, our numbers in the past have been up to 12. Like, get rid of 12 guys. We were at 18 at one point, friggin' <laughs> yeah. five years ago, six yeah, years ago. We, we were at 18 guys. I'm like, fuck, get rid of everybody because this <laughs> whole team sucks. The goaltending sucks. 
You can take the coaches with it. You can take the GM with it. You can take everybody. There was there was very few players five years ago that you would you would want on this team. Just don't take the radio guys at the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I, we don't. We can get into that in the off season. There's there's a positive I want to take from last night, and that is that I think Dylan Cousins is going to be the best player on this team. Yeah. All around, on, all on some, around. On some nights, he is. Well, that's okay. I'm talking strictly potential and where he's headed, where he's come from, where he mm-hmm. is right now. Tw- he's just turned 22. Exactly my he's point. Freaking kid, man. I mean, people are, everybody thinks that like 22 years old in the NHL is like, I mean, that's when most people, that's when mo- like we sit here and we look at all these superstars that play in the game nowadays. They all start when they're 18 or 19 years old, right? You're all starting super young. But the majority, the large majority of players that play in this league are coming in when they're 22. They play a couple years in the minors. They 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 mature themselves physically and mentally in the minors for a couple years and and then are given opportunities to seize the seize the day in the NHL and if they do they stay up with the big team if not they go back for more seasoning in the minors and then there's the recycle of a new a new draft every year coming pushing your 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 players so it it's all i'm saying is Dylan Cousins is super young. Like, I mean, he started this year at 21 years old. He's scoring 31 goals. He's got 66 points. He plays he plays a, a pretty strong brand of hockey all over the ice. He's played with two young guys for 80% of the year. He's played with two rookies. J.J. Paterka has been really good some nights, and some other nights he looks like he's 20 years old. He looks like he's a rookie. And, and uh, Jack Quinn went through his ups and downs throughout a season, really has has really grown a lot this year. Okay. But he's a rookie, okay? Dylan Cousins is the elder statesman on the line, and he started the season, he's 21 years old. He is going to be a very, very good player. I think that where you're, where you're going to see more from Dylan Cousins is basically understanding the game better. This guy has captain material written all over him. Just how he conducts himself, how he speaks. I mean, it's so early to tell, but people said Jonathan Taves was 20 or 21. Sidney Crosby, like, just because he's a seventh pick overall does not mean that he does not show those kinds of intangibles. Why the fuck could you name this guy captain next year? Look at the way he plays. Maybe he's not ready. Maybe that's too early. I get it. I understand that. But the, you can't tell me that you're going to go and say that it has to be Darlene or it has to be Tuck or it has to be. You're going to get the same from Tuck every single night, whether he has a letter on his shirt or not, because he doesn't have one right now. Or he wasn't given one at the start of the year. He's just a leader. And I know Cousins is probably the same type of player, but he is a guy that absolutely I could see giving the C, giving him the captaincy. Well, I think you, I think you know this. I know you know this, that being a captain in the NHL 
is a hell of a lot more than what you're just doing on the ice. Captains typically, um, you know, when when you take for an example, Kyle Poso, people just think that he wears the C and uh, during games may have a little speech in the in the dressing room here and there, you know, supportive type guy. There's so much more that goes into his job description with this young team than what people can even imagine. And I don't think Dylan Cousins is there yet. Caliposo is is a is an absolute one thousand percent clear captain of this hockey team, and if he decides that he's going to come back next year for another year, okay, Caliposo will be captain of this team. They will not take the C away from him because he is absolutely clear cut, and everybody everybody on this team knows it. So these guys, who I don't know why we're talking about um, captaincy, um, there's a lot of players on this team well, that I, I think have moved into. Is Oposo yeah. coming back? I think Oposo is going to come back if he wants to come back. Now, it's going to be under a very, very, very different contract and salary. But if he wants to come back, they will have him back. Okay. Well, I do not think Gergensen will be back. Now, these are two, two pillars of leadership that have been here. Gergensen, by far the longest standing uh, Buffalo Sabre for former first round draft pick, you know, and I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be back. You have to go in a different direction. And this has no, nothing talk, against talked about him. Has has nothing to go. against him. He has I think to go. he will flourish yeah. on another yeah. team and, and yeah. whoever gets him is going to get an incredible teammate and an incredible player, but we need a different style of player. We need a different style of player on that line that will help this team move forward. That's what we need. Well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of team we get in the next game. They're, um, they play Carolina. Be very interesting. I mean, Carolina doesn't have, they still have a lot to play for. They're playing for the division. They're in a fight. Are are you kidding me, man? They are, they are absolutely I mean, in a big way, they want the division. Right now, New Jersey Devils are one point behind them. Carolina, 109. New Jersey, 108. Let me tell you something. If you were Carolina Hurricanes, would you rather play, let's just say hypothetically, it stayed the way it is today, okay? Would you rather play the Rangers in the first round, or would you rather play the Islanders? Florida. They play oh, Florida. They would play no, Florida. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't play Florida. Yes. Boston no. would play wild card too. They play the Islanders as of today. Boston would play wild card one. No, they play wild card two. That's the lower seed. Sorry. You are correct. Thank I stand you. I down. Well done. Either well way. Done. But still, to your so, point. So Florida. Either way. Yeah, they would, not, they would rather play Florida or the Islanders than they'd rather play the wild card team, whoever that's going to be. Because it right now it's Florida, but it could be the Islanders, could be Pittsburgh, yep. won't be Buffalo. Yeah. That's what we do know. All I'm saying Buffalo. is Carolina does not want to play the Rangers. I would not want to be the team that plays the New York Rangers in the first round. And on paper, 
and paper means nothing in the playoffs, but on paper, one of the best goaltenders in the league, they have an elite, and I mean elite superstar defenseman that runs the power play and plays 25 plus minutes a night. They have an overall defense core that are very big, very physical and mean with Truba and who's uh, my, uh, who's the kid I love? Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller. I mean, they have a whole defense core that are really strong, solid. They have defenders on the Rangers, but they also have elite game changer scores. I mean, so the Sabres get to run the gauntlet them. of the whole division. Good luck. Carolina tomorrow. Good luck. Rangers it's been a great season. It's been a great Temples. season. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very proud to say Sabres hell of a season. Okay. You, you have, you have gained knowledge of how to feel at this time of year when things matter. And you haven't had that. This organization hasn't had that in a really long time. I think there's going to be a lot of players after the season is done are going to look back and say, Hey, I had one hell of a season, but I want to improve on it. I'm young. I'm, I'm confident. We want to be better next year. This team will be better next year. Just by default, you could bring back the entire team, the whole team, not make one change. And I will guarantee you this team will be better next year. Guaranteed. Because Owen Power is going to be better than his 20-year-old rookie season. And so is Jack Quinn. And so is JJ Paterka. And you have Casey Middlestat, who was a doormat and now has uh, put up... 50 plus points in a season playing on a third line with wingers that are like Lily revolving doors. This team will be better. And I will say this, Kevin Adams need to, he needs to go out, and make this team better. This team right now is a playoff team next year. There is no excuses anymore. Not one. I do, if I hear Don Granato say one more word about development, I'm going to lose my marbles because there's been a lot of development for a lot of years here. And this team is very, very close to a playoff spot. They need a goaltender. They need defense. Suh, suh. Not a defender. They need defense and it needs to change. And they need certain pieces to the puzzle on the third and fourth lines to make this team better. Well, we'll get into all that. I just, you know, you talk about development. And I look forward to our postseason grades. But you talk about development. And and listen, listen, I, I, I don't know why after playing in the league for six years, I feel like the need to, to preface and justify my point because I saw, I played for two coaches. I've said this a bunch of times, Lindy Ruff and Jacques Lemaire. So when you talk about development, you talk about learning how to play the game all the way around. Is that not correct? Yes. Then I'm, I'm in love with the offense that we've seen this year. Yeah. It's amazing. But you're telling me that from from October 
to now that the ability to change the way this team plays structurally as a unit on the other side of the red line can't be cha- can't be fixed this is all i'm going to say well give well, give okay. me give me skilled players don granado listen listen don granado has to have this figured out by next by the end of next year and and the gm has to work with that too gm's got to provide the players Damn right. Let, like, hey, you can sit goes, there and goes uh, both put a big ways, shit man. sandwich on Don Granado. Well, but let me tell you something. Don Granado has been been given a friggin' lemon. Not a. It's He's not a come shit here. sandwich. It's just it's just the reality of how you talk about a team improving. So I so and he has done it in every stretch of the word, every stretch, and I mean every stretch. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm I'm really happy to hear you say that. Name me one Mike Greer that's on this team. What was Mike Greer known for? I mean, a lot of things, but a lot of, a lot of things. A lot of what things. What was he known not, for? Not. I'm not saying offense first. That's not. It's like maybe like four or five 80. on the on the 80. scale of what he brought no, to the no, table. No. Why Why did Mike Greer not have to worry about offense? Because he was unbelievable defensively. But why why did he not have to worry about offense? Because other guys did that. Did that? Yeah. Okay. That was fucking uh, Briere's job. That was Max Finneganoff. That was Thomas Vanek. That was Pominville. That was uh Jury. That was JP Dumont. That was like it went on and on and on. What Roy was Vanek. Mike, what was Mike Greer's job? Solid defensively. To kill fucking penalties. That's it? That's all part one of, of the it, I guess. one of the best defenders yeah. around. Now here's the thing. Who was on the ice at the end of a game when it was two to one? Mike Greer. Who was the center that was on the why why jury? Why jury? Unbelievable defensively. Oh, smart. he was smart. on fucking There's, but he was also a goal scorer. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, smart. Because he cared yeah, probably like literally a, a yoke and hash. On the other he side, cared, he cared about defense just as much as he did offense. Chris Jury, right? Yeah. When you when you think of Chris Jury, do you ever at any point in time think about him as an offensive threat, like an offensive dynamo? That's not the first thing I think about, but no, I think, you yes, think he of, can you be think, exactly. But you don't think of him that that way. You think of him as a player that is he, he's a leader. He is. I felt he was defensively responsible. Like he would, it would, it would be when I'm thinking of Chris jury scoring goals in offense was never at the forefront, but he did all those things. He scored 35 plus goals a year. He's he, he put up what, what was his best year? Did he have 80, he had, he had 80 points. I think that year we were, um, in here in Buffalo in 06, 07. I'll look him my, up. But my I point think he had 30, is, my point is this 39 goals. My point is this, forty. the Sabres are in a situation currently right now that they have guys on the ice in certain times of the game that shouldn't be on the ice because they're oh. offensive, they're offensive players. They 69 points was his highest, which is still pretty unbelievable. 37 goals that year. Yeah. They need to, they need to find and alter a little bit of, of, of their team. Yeah. 
I agree. And not, not no major doubt. changes, man, because I'm going to tell you right now, I've loved what I've seen from this team. It is the most. Well, how does Edmonton get seen. Fogel, a guy like that? Like we've done those player casts. Like that's exactly the type of player. Fogel gets was traded for nothing. I, I you know, know that, right? I don't know what he was traded for, but I know it wasn't like some kind of a frigate, maybe a third rounder, but I know it wasn't like a a groundbreaking deal. Those are the guys you need. Yep. Going after a Matias Ekholm, identifying what you need more than anything. Do they need scoring in Edmonton? No, they didn't go out and get more scoring. They have their Hymans. They have their Canes. They have their Nugent Hopkins. They have their Dreisaitl and McDavid's. Okay, what did they go and find? They went and found a six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound centerman that is a reliable player at both ends of the ice in Bukestad. Right, mm-hmm. they go and find the third line guy that they know they can rely on because they have their two top lines in Drysaddle and McDavid, and those lines are set up. They needed to they needed to find that third that third line guy, and they found him. And more importantly than anything, they needed defense. Their defense was just not good. It wasn't good enough to defend against the best teams in the league. So they go out and they pick up. Literally one of the best defenders in the league in Matias Ekholm. And, he, and, and the team, the team since they picked this guy up has literally gone on fire because he is the piece that is exactly what they need. The Sabres are in a situation right now that they have their top eight forwards. They have their top eight, eight forwards. They need to go and incorporate pieces to the puzzle right now. To really Ryan Reeves this- is a UFA. I'm sorry. No one wants to hear it. Let's make it I'd fucking point. get him in a heartbeat. What are you 1. talking 7. about? 5? No one wants to hear it. No, no, no. No, no, no. Nobody wants to hear that. But I'm saying it. I want it. Go. I'd go give him $2.5 million to come here. Oh my would, god. That's way too much money. I don't give a shit. Way too much money. I don't give a shit. Well, I do because you're going to have to pay Darlene own power for you're one have year. To pay... One year, two he's 36. Exactly. I mean, he's making 1.75, fine, 2 million. Go give him 2 million bucks. Like Gergensen's leaving for what? What's he making? 2.2? 2. 2.2, but you're okay. going to need that money, Pete. You're going to need you're... the 6 million from Kyle Poso. He's going to resign, but you're going to need that $6 million because it's make, going well, to somebody make else. It, make it work. Make it work because you need him. I don't go have a trade problem. for Go trade for Max Jones. Do you know how, do you know how big of a set of balls the guys on this team would have just by acquiring a player like that? Do you know how many, how, how crazy it would be for the ball Carson size? Susie. Thank you. Now you're talking my language. He's a big kid. He's super physical. He's nasty. How about Will Borgen right now? Like, I Uh, mean, given a first round draft pick to go and get that kid. He's exactly what you need. He's 24, 25 years old. He's, he's, he can skate really well. We didn't want to give him up to begin with, but oh my God, he's flourishing in Seattle right now. Super tough team. They're hard to play against. What did, what did, what did, um, what did they look, they wanted to bring in those players like the Yanni Gord, you know, 
guys that have won Stanley Cups, but they play a certain style of hockey. They're hard to play against. They're gritty. And right now, we don't have gritty players. We don't. We don't have gritty players. Like I sit there and I'm like, I'm looking at Jeff Skinner. I'm laughing my head off last at last night because I would have literally wanted to kill this kid. He's sitting there taunting guys after a goal, lifting his hands in the air. He's never going to fight ever in a million years. He, there's there's not five guys in the league that he can fight and actually win a fight. But he's that's what he does the best to irritate players on the other team. I love it. If I played with him, I would tell him to do that because I would want to help protect him. But oh my God, you well, there's nobody to do Larkin that. So coming it, in. It almost you got becomes... Larkin come, but no one, no, they can do it, but they don't want to do it. I'm sitting there watching Larkin last night, dropping his gloves, teeing, uh, teeing off on Jeff Skinner. I'm laughing at, you know, the way our guys are reacting. That should have been a shit show, man. There's no toughness on, on Detroit either. Like you have a chance to go and, you know, scrap Dylan Larkin. Then you do it. Right. Right. But we're, we're, we're bear hugging and we're cuddling with uh, the Detroit guys. Like, it's just like, Oh my God, man, we need, I'm looking at, and what, what, what's crazy about it is you, you sit there and you skip over to a game like Seattle last night was playing the, the uh, Arizona Coyotes and like there's like huge scrum, multiple fights because, you know, one guy, you know, gets hit or something happened. You look at the Ottawa, Ottawa playing Florida last night. What do you have? You have the, you know, one of the, the, the dirt. I, I shouldn't even, I don't even want to call him dirty. He's the most, most irritating player in the league. And Matthew Kachuk just absolutely lays the boom. Beautiful check, by the way. It was clean, by the way. Yeah, it was. lays the boom. What Locked does Ottawa it. do? They Holy com- shit, they man. completely it was... react off it. And how many fights happened? Like guys are throwing their gloves down. They're ready to. They're ready to engage. <clears throat> and um, we don't have any of it. We don't have any of it. And you're not. The problem is you cannot just. Bring don't you think that's why Larkin did that? Like when does absolutely? When, when oh the fuck God. does? When the fuck does Dylan Larkin do that? Because he knows, God he knows how it, soft that, the Sabres are. That's so are. frustrating that fucking Dylan Larkin thinks it's okay. Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin. Unbelievable. Dylan. And he lo- and he knows who's on the ice. But th- the whole point is Dylan Larkin is not a stupid kid. He's he's a he's a star in this league. He's been oh he's been a God. great great player for Detroit for a long time. He gets disrespected by Jeff Skinner. I totally get it. I, you know, I, I understand the reaction from Dylan Larkin, but let me tell you something. Dylan Larkin ain't dropping his gloves. If you're on the ice, if I'm on the ice, if Pat Coletta's on the ice, if, if someone is on the ice, oh, if we're on the goddamn bench, he's not doing that. It, <laughs> you don't even have to be on the ice. There, there, there's a stigma that goes with a team. If, if you are super soft and the Sabres are super soft, I've said this forever. I don't even want to get into it. I'm just saying, holy shit balls, please do something about it. Just please, please. Cause it drives me, it drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely nuts. So let's, let's talk about because there's, there's so much more to the game than just penalty kill power play. Um, you know, scoring goals and defending there's, there's a side of the game 
that all players understand. I and just, that is the physical side of the game. And basically, and and it doesn't happen all the time. But man, do you imagine you imagine being Dylan Collins right now? Like fucking Kyle Poso is 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 our is literally our fucking toughest guy that we have on this team. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Kyle Poso on the ice, first guy in there. Like this is what it is. Anyway, I'm gonna move well, on. If I had move if on. I had not to dwell give, on that. If I had to give an analogy for this team, they're like a an animal on the side of the road that's just been hit and they're just waiting to become roadkill. They're just waiting to die. It has to be just such an emotional roller coaster of a season for them. And is that isn't that a really good thing? Like I'm sure at the end of the year when they can decompress and I'm talking like like they're actually mathematically out. Like you can hope for a miracle and it could happen. They're out. Okay. <laughs> but all I'm saying is when the season's over and the final buzzer goes and you can sit back and decompress about this season after you leave and the year end parties and all this stuff and you get to go and kind of just reflect. I think they're going to be really happy with their season. And and very disappointed that they they couldn't do something that no Sabre team has been able to do for 12 years now. You are very right, Edie. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. As much as I throw a shit sandwich on all these guys, like, I mean... You've really got to be pleased. You've really got to be pleased with what this team has accomplished. They're very young. They're very they're immature in some of their decisions and 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 things like that. I think they've gotten better in a lot of areas. Uh, I mean, there's so much good that has come out of the season. We've had players emerge from really good players to superstars, um, and and they're so young. That we, this team's not even close to being, um, it's not even close to being, you know, the, the end game for a lot of these players. Like once you hit a certain plateau in your, in your playing career, you start to, you want to hold that plateau as long as you can before you start going down with injuries and age. But I've been. I I've just, I've been really pleased. I've enjoyed watching hockey more this year. I've enjoyed watching this team play and they've done some really, really good things. Now, listen, we all know how hard it is to make the playoffs because I, you know why it's hard to make the playoffs. Cause once you get there, then you got a shot at the greatest thing of all time, what you played for when you were playing road hockey at home when you were 9 and 10 and 11 years old, running around, shooting a ball with your buddies. You were playing for the Stanley Cup, man. That's why you play this. You don't play it for money. Money is money is the the product of, of all the hard work and all the time that you put in and the sacrifices when you when you had to go on a hockey tournament and you should have been at a you know a graduation or 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 something. There's sacrifices that every single one of these players have put in. The end result is not the money. The end result is trying to win that Stanley Cup. And these guys, this this team's young. I really like what I see in this team. I just hope, I hope, 
I think next year is the year that for the first time in a very long time that they're going to, you need to make moves to take this team to the next level. And they're right there. They are right there. Well, there is a chance that they could be nervous going into next season, you know, because they got to repeat what they did, but only they got to improve in, in other areas. And, you know, this year was kind of like, uh, let's see what you're made of type year and whatever happens, happens. This is yep. what we can hope for. And they've given us everything that we can hope for. Everything. This is where we said we wanted them to be at the end of the year. So we can be as disappointed as we want about certain games and pissing away points, but that's all part of the pain and, and growth uh, that comes along with it. When you're this close, understanding where those points were lost, understanding what you can do to, to get those points back next year. But, they gave everything they had. They gave us everything we expected and more. So now the pressure's really on. Yeah. To have a good ending, too. Leave a good that's, taste in your mouth. That's Go exactly what I was going to say. The ending, you got to finish on a strong note. You can't just go try to ride it out. Sorry. Go ahead. And- I don't have anything more to say. I think all his fans watching this and sitting down watching these guys over and over and over, I think I've enjoyed every single minute, even the games that they've completely dropped the ball um, because they're all, you understand when you have a young team, there's a learning curve that goes to all of this. I think they've done some great things. I think they all need to know. I think they all do know that there's, there's areas that they need to, to really get better at for next year. And that's not that's not just coming from the players right the the coach has some work to do and the gm has some work to do because they're not let off the hook either as much as the players are sitting here doing what they had to do in this year in particular and they've and they've done that now the gm and now the coach have to take their their game to another level and we're, we'll 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 wait to see what uh, what transpires in, in in the off season. But finish strong, go from there. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter After the Whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.